Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out We agree to disagree. Um, okay. I never agree to that. <laughs> I do not agree to disagree. I want to be I very disagree clear. to disagree. <laughs> I disagree to disagree. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, have you ever seen Sanford and Son? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the theme song, like, just a little red junk, the scrapyard trunk. Do you know who did that? Um, no, Quincy Jones. Oh, that's right. I, I, uh, that's I vaguely Quincy, remember hearing that at one point. Uh, that, yeah. And that's definitely one of my top theme songs, I would say, TV show theme songs. Well, what else you got, Johnny? I mean, it's a great one. Well, now, there's a number of them. I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to go right, just right to the top. I don't think you guys are ready for just right to the fucking source. Give, give, it, give, us, give us your top five or five that top you Top five? Well, that's one of them. The other okay, ones I would yeah. say... I, that should be in everyone's top five. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say, in no particular order except for the last one, I'm going to say Magnum P.I. is a good one. Okay. There's this funky part in the middle where there's a helicopter and some rock and roll sound and shit. It's kind of hard to <laughs> sing a string section. I remember the intro of Magnum P.I. I don't remember the music, though. That one, I'm going to say the Jeffersons. Moving on up. Oh, yeah, moving on up. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, God. Everyone still sings that, like... A couple times a year at some point. Yeah. And my number one favorite one is Cheers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's at the that's top. A, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, a, it's kind of hard. That's to, at the top of my list. It's hard to mess with um, Cheers. You can't fuck with Cheers. I left out Knight Rider. Knight Rider's good. Uh, okay. That one, I vaguely remember that. that it's on my list. Knight cool. Rider's good. That's, that's my five. <laughs> I mean, just to Cheers. I was I was going to say um, there's, there's two different kinds. There's a great song, and then there's a perfect song that works just so perfectly with the show and cheers is kind of both like i almost feel like cheers the theme song could be just a good song from the 70s you know what i mean except except when you hear the second verse you're like fuck this verse this is terrible Um, but (laughs) yes i mean i think sanford and son has to be way up there one of my favorites that works perfectly with the show and is freaking hilarious is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's man, when they, did, when they did that shit to <laughs> fucking Trump and Kim Jong fucking... And that's the best thing, that you can you can put that music on top of any like little video clip and immediately change the whole context That's of what's true. going on. And we have to mention Dukes of Hazard. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> oh, God, wait yeah, yeah. I played that in a bar um, one night out here. And then there's two more I want to mention. Obviously, Jeopardy is great oh, because it's like that song has made that guy who wrote that so much money. Like, I think there's been articles written about like how much he's made off that uh, title song. And for some reason, I, uh, I I really do love. I thought the Mad Men theme was cool. Sure. Like how yeah, it that's... dropped you in because he's falling off a building and it, it almost dropped you into the episode. It's kind of cool. 
I I go if I think about if if I just think about TV theme music. I mean, I think about like car, almost cartoons from my my younger years of like like Ren and Stimpy had a really good one. It was very like frenetic jazz, like bump 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 bump, and then like Doug, the cartoon Doug had a really mm-hmm. fun one. It was like do 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 do. And then you know what, Nick at Night, I really just could never get the Three's Company theme song out of my head when I watched that on Nick at Night. You know, coming out my door. Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting. <laughs> That's um, great. You know, I mean, so obviously, like Full House was great. I got one uh, for you. I thought that just now. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons. Oh, but yeah. The Simpsons yeah. is yeah. good. I don't think it's like next level. It's more about the clouds da, 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 and the title. Da, da. It's a good one though. It's, I mean, just on cartoons. Since you mentioned it, Josh, I remember. Um, I don't think it's good, but I just it, it sticks in my head all the time. Is that Heathcliff? Do you guys remember that? I do not. I mean, I know it was a... No. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrorize <laughs> the neighborhood. But I remember oh. when I first started playing guitar, I was so amazed that that was 12-bar blues. I was like, or 145, whatever. I was like, oh my God, Heathcliff is fucking 145. <laughs> he is the blues. Like, I thought I was like cracking <laughs> the code. The like, blues. oh my God. <laughs> it's like the Da Vinci well, code. I mean, the, the best, I mean, yeah, Sanford and Son would be up there for me as well, but the, the best, I think, use of music in, a, in an intro that, like, I always look is the, the Wonder Years intro oh, with yeah. the Joe Cocker. That's not even fair. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's <laughs> TV theme music, no, you know? No, no, no. It's imperfect. Have you guys ever heard that um, <laughs> there was a rumor for a long time? Everyone thought Paul was Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, yes. I heard that shit. <laughs> well, my, my, my older brothers called me Paul Fiverr. Most of my young life, <laughs> and Millhouse. Speaking of The Simpsons, they called me Millfife, uh, <laughs> Millhouse, and Paul Pfeiffer uh, combined. It was oh, a man. great nickname. That's rough. I loved it. Um, speaking of TV, we have the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, and that always has this a weekend? big <laughs> musical uh, number at halftime. Do you guys have like a favorite halftime Super Bowl halftime performance? There's only there's one. only one. Janet Jackson's nipple. <laughs> no, no. Was there another it one? It was Prince's swag. Prince's swag was one. I mean, it's it's unassailable as the best of all time. And what I think about most when I watch, like, I love his performance. I love how many covers he did. The All Along the Watchtower was great. And where he teased uh, the Foo Fighters song. Yeah. Like, when I was watching that, I was like, how must, what it feels like to be David Grohl. Like, with your kids or whatever, watching the Super Bowl and Prince is covering your song. Like, that was my immediate thought. It was just like, how cool. The drape was in front of him and it started raining when he played Purple Rain. What was that, the Bears Colts <laughs> Super Bowl, right? Yes, it was. I would say the U2, the 2001 when U2 did it was pretty good. I, yeah. I just don't like prefabricated concerts. Well, they well, they listed I, the all the names of the people who died in in the towers, like and streets had no name is a great song, and they yeah, that was yeah. really well. And I, what I love that you two did was um, they didn't play a medley; they played three songs, yeah, and just played them in their entirety, which was cool. Um, and the Stones did the Stones sucked. They opened with Start Me Up, which, I God, I still don't think that's one of their best songs. Like, I don't know why they always insist on opening with that. It's, um, it's a, one of their best riffs, basically. <laughs> and then they started playing Rough Justice. Do you even know that song? That's a weird. <laughs> Isn't that a Steven Seagal movie? I don't, maybe. It sounds like Hard to Kill. Uh, Rough Justice was a, a prequel to Hard to Kill. 
But uh, <laughs> they, there was one thing Mick said at that Super Bowl. He was like, after those two songs, he was like, this one we could have done at Super Bowl one. But ah, <laughs> everything comes to those who wait. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. amazing British accent, Neil. You should use that more often. <laughs> they weren't as bad as the Who. The Who, when the Who played, you were like, "These guys are too old to be playing the fucking Super Bowl." I, I do agree. The Prince Super Bowl halftime show was the best, and the Whitney Houston Star Spangled Banner in like the early '90s at, at one of the Giant Super Bowl was right. the best version of that. That's ever like gives me chills every time I see it now. All, I don't know if it's as good as the Mar. It's as the Marvin Gaye one during the All Star Game in the early '80s no, at the Laker, no, that's, but the, no, 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 the, the Whitney Houston. Hers is, yeah, hers it's, is it's the definitive version. <laughs> and on that note, uh, you were listening to Pod Gabe Rock and Roll to you. And speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, this year the weekend is playing the halftime show, and this week we are discussing the weekend's 2020 smash hit. Smash it, definitely. Smash it. Blinding light. I think this song, because if you're gonna go full pop, I feel like this is a good way to go. I heard this uh, when it first came out, before you heard it everywhere. I think it's a marriage of like a super catchy arrangement super talented vocal 80s nostalgia it's really crafted to be a great pop song there's like there's there's not much missing from it in in those terms just such a complete package it's definitely catchy as hell i probably i don't know when i heard this first but it was probably like when i went into a target or something i don't really listen to pop radio or how often you go into target you're always talking about target I mean, it's a, you know, it's a store. If I need some stuff, Target or Trader Joe's. You're getting paid by Target to work? You need, and not telling us? When you're shooting to, to get some consumer goods, Target. But yeah, it it's came out towards the end of 2019. So I probably heard it sometime, you know, in the 2019, 2020. Or maybe my girlfriend was listening to it at some point and I heard it. But I definitely know I thought it was good the first time I heard it. And it stuck in my head for sure. The song is all production and melody. It sounds it sounds great. You know, the hook is is fantastic. It's a modern pop hit. It's not something that we really talk about much. It's it's bubblegum, it's fun for three minutes and then moving on. But it does it does stick with you afterwards and, and you you know, find yourself hearing it a lot. So kudos to the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I probably really actually just heard this when listening to it for the show. I, I've, I've heard other weekend tunes, but haven't heard this one. That's crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a pandemic for you. You haven't been in any Targets lately, have you? No, I don't. It's Targets, not really my, my jam. Well, have, you ever, have you watched Monday Night Football this year? Not a that's, Every time they go to commercial, this song's on. That's true. It's Throughout the whole it, This Monday is a very night. easy song to not like jump out at you like in terms of Oh, it's that song again because it just kind of sounds like cool music. I definitely dig that kind of like dance rock pop vibe, but I think the main thing I dig about it is the music. Uh, I don't know how much of a song's there. It's great music, great in a club, want to dance, that kind of scene, fun. I don't know. One thing I've been thinking about lately is for songs, the songs I like, I tend to feel like it's a song someone might sit and play 
even if they were by themselves, just to play the song, just to express themselves that way. I can't, I don't know if I'd really see anybody sitting and playing the song to nobody, but it's good. It's really good uh, for what it does. I dig the vibe, the genre. I don't know how exceptional I feel like it is. I'm amazed you haven't heard this. Um, it's it Basically, this song got him the Super Bowl gig, I would say. I mean, I don't think he would have gotten yeah. that, that without this. Um, it, it, on most lists, it's the best song of 2020. And yeah. just, you kind of hit, it's on commercials now. It's... Um, the kind of the marketing and the package of this song that they have put together is so amazing. From how every time you've seen him this year, he's got the same red jacket on, his face is always beat up like it is in the video. Like anytime he performs live, he has a beat up face. I, I think it's a good example of like taking a really great song, a really perfectly crafted pop song, and then pushing like this whole narrative behind it and kind of taking a whole year to just wrap around this album and this song specifically. But like Jonathan said, I, I think, I agree that, yes, the marketing and the production and, again, the melody is great and the hook is great. But if you sit with an acoustic guitar and play this song, I mean, the lyric is, it's fine. It's not great. It's not profound. It's, it doesn't make you th You're not thinking about the lyric when you hear the song. You're thinking just about the, the melody, basically. You're yeah, humming the melody in your head, you know, afterwards. And that's the impressive thing about this song is... yeah. How, how, real quick, to be clear, when you say melody, specifically what part are you talking about? Because I want to make sure we all mean the same thing when we say melody. Well, I mean, that almost, I, I think that that's, that's a riff, yeah, That's right? a riff. That's what I'm saying. Because what he's singing, his what melody is about, not. In the chorus. In the chorus. Okay, cool. So that's the melody. That, that's the best. That's the melody. That's a da 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 da. Right. Da -da. The melody's really good throughout, but that little part, those two, that, that chorus part, is is just kind of takes the the melody elsewhere. Because because really throughout the song, that's the melody, right? Is and you know i mean he, he does some stuff with his delivery that i i really liked but mel melodically when it hits that part in the chorus that's just a very tasty melody yeah to get into songwriting like like you just said josh the lyric isn't anything profound and amazing but for what it's trying to do it's really good it's it's the the pop lyrics of it basically it was it's trying to be 80s and it's succeeding. Just the classic 80s callbacks of just like, you hit the road in overdrive. I can't sleep until I feel your touch. It's very pop driven lyrics that aren't meant to make you think. They're meant to make you dance and be like, damn, this is catchy. <laughs> I wanna drive fast. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really just filler. And yeah, like, ooh, cars are cool and lights are cool and nighttime is cool. And it fits with what, like the vibe we're, we're presenting, sure. And, and, and you know, I mean, they're just there to fill the melody. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and blinding even the, lights even, is cool. Yeah, even blinding lights is such like a common theme. I mean, I don't know, super common, but there's definitely other songs blinded by the light. It's it's very kind of in the ether as a. Well, yeah, and also coming from like a pop star, which he is, you could you know, I mean, the song is, you know, on the surface about uh, him missing someone that he was in love with, but like, is it is he alone at night or is it like he become famous and like the lights are blinding and now he's realizing he misses someone like I, they can the blinding lights just kind of allow the song to 
to do some, a couple different things. Elizabeth, I like the instrumental version as much as the actual song. Let's put yeah, it that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that first riff is fantastic. So well done. And yeah, I did. Uh, I listened to um, a couple versions, and one of my favorites was an instrumental cover, just because it, it kind of like brought it back to why it's so good. The weekend puts amazing vocals on top of it, but it's just at its core, it's a nice. Amazing. I mean, amazing vocals. Yeah, amazing. I really yes. think I, I, the vocals are very they're good, yeah. I, but like they're amazing. Like so, his I, delivery I on some of the stuff make the song better. Yeah, I mean, like I, th- uh, I feel like yeah. somebody like Sia has amazing pop vocals. I don't well, know about these are good. No. It's it's different, but I, but it's still how he's delivering some of the stuff. The haze are really good, like how he puts those in. The uh, oh, oh, oh. No, and yeah, th- yeah. that little part is great. And even in the chorus, when he says, like, I like the way he ends the, no, I can't sleep until I feel your touch. Like, just how he says, trust. I said, It's cool. It's good. It's cool. I don't know about amazing. They're, they're good decisions. Look, man, I'm not comparing him to Billie Holiday, but when Billie Holiday sings, her vocal is all about the decisions she makes and how she delivers certain lines and certain well, I mean, phrases. Yeah, I and mean, I think he, right. he, yeah. he he experiments in this song, and it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. He, he's, he's an amazing singer. The reason I heard this so early last year when it first came out was because I was like, oh, he's got a new album. I respect him. He's got a great voice. Let me see what he's doing. I put this song on first. I was like, damn, I see what he's doing. But the, this song in particular, it's not set up to show off a vocal like uh, masterpiece, right. but he does it so well. Yeah, I think whoever did the music is the the thrust of the song. I feel like you could I feel like you could put a lot of singers on top of this song and it'd be as every bit as good. I, I, I'd agree with that. Now, that, and that gets us to the topic of the writers of this song are Abel Tesfaye, which I, which is the weekend. Yeah. Ahmad Balche, who's also known as Belly, uh, Jason Kinvilli, uh, Max Martin, and, and Oscar Holter. Now, whenever, <laughs> right. whenever I hear, when if I see a list of those names, only one sticks out, and it's Max Martin. Right. And it's just how much of this song did he write? And it is like, is he just a producer? Like you know, because Max Martin basically. You could take probably 75% of top pop hits by artists like outside of hip-hop, and he, his name is on it somehow. So if he's a writer and producer, like, is he just putting his name on it? Like, is he making this sound? Is he making this song? Like, I, I don't know, but it makes me think that he is. Who knows how much The Weeknd wrote or not? I mean, I'd like to think he had a big hand in it. A lot of this, the decisions I hear made in the tune like this, and like I say, it's a great dance. I feel like... If this song were actually in the 80s, it wouldn't really be super popular considering how good some of the songs were in the 80s of this genre. That's fair. My issue with a song like this is it feels like a lot of people are asking, what are people going to want to hear instead of what do I feel like saying? And that kind of is kind of like, well, it's cool. I mean, it's still good. From an individual artist perspective, yes. You know, it, it sounds like it's written to be a hit. And yeah. that's fine, but it sounds like it's written to be a hit. And it's cool. And it's a hit. So I guess mission accomplished. Yeah. I did read something where Weekend was talking about that he he just grew up like in Canada in the 80s and just was such a child of that and he wanted to do this and he's just happy that people were into it now. So who knows yeah. if it was like, oh, let's do 80s because that's hot 
Or, I mean, he specifically said, right. he's like, I'm glad yeah. that people are into it because I am. And I think it was just like the timing of it because 80s stuff is kind of in now, but. But I think to Jonathan's point, I I listened to this album a couple times. Like, I mean, I, I listened to it a couple times when it came out, I listened to it again today. And, you know, it's pretty long. It's 14 songs. It's almost an hour long. It's very meandering and like self-indulgent you know at best at times there's some good songs on there but the good songs are all the good look this guy the, the, when I first heard I can't feel my face I like that song which is, a, which is a great fucking pop song it's like oh this guy's gonna be the Michael Jackson of this generation he's just gonna write songs <laughs> what's well, if I gotta people... go to fucking Michael Jackson Michael Jordan Einstein like that's just well it's just no, no, no no Sorry. no 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 because I you could if it was a boy band you could go to fucking but why go to the greatest like of all time like no one's gonna ever gonna do that because the music he makes even in this song it's like the drum beat it, it just reminds like the beginning yeah, of the song is basically it well no 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 the beginning of this song with the drums and the synth are basically like a thriller, the beginning of thriller. Right, but sounding like someone later. is assuring yourself that you're never going to be the Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson sounded like no one else. That's my point. No one's saying he is Michael Jackson, but that is a good cop. Okay, either way, we'll have to agree to disagree. This is a pretty good song. It's a pretty good song. This ain't Michael Jackson quality. The musically, it is. Well, because it's a synthesizer, it's the same sound it had back then, but like. Kinda ish, not really. It's, it's not I nearly mean, as sophisticated. Yeah. Not nearly as sophisticated. The melody in this song is better than the melody in "Beat It" or "Bad." It is. Man in the mirror. <laughs> not the chorus is definitely not better than "Beat It." Mm. I mean, seriously. I'm not a huge fan of "Beat It." I mean, the music is is fantastic, but like really? the song itself, like it, yeah, like when the, it starts, the, it's like boom. You don't you don't like no 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 the the. The, the the music in it is fantastic and great and that like the, the everything else in the song I, I really don't give a shit about. Oh, so maybe I that think, maybe um, that's what it is then. Okay, maybe that's what it is because to me that shit's like the peak of all things pop. And it's completely derivative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because it's supposed to sound eighties. Michael Jackson was huge in the eighties. He's like the the comparison is so perfect at for this song specifically in this album. And Musically, and it's really just. Right. The drum, the drums are very programmed. Those are programmed. Yes, they are, but it works so well here. Oh, it's great! Right. It's great. I, but I'd not, love to hear someone actually play it, but this is they do work great. But it's very, it's very common. It's very, it's very common. They came up with, they came up with a good riff, and they came up the with a solid great. chorus. And the the synth sounds great. The mix, the, the production, like, the, yeah, it, it, orally, it sounds very good. It has a great sound. And, and I, I feel like that's the Max Martin of it. I feel like he's the guy who's like, I know the sound right. that makes people's ears want to hear more. Like, it, he has, like, that. he's sugar, basically. Like, his production is sugar for the 21st yeah. century ears. Yeah, and it's it's a good marriage of two things. I mean, what, uh, just with the music, The Weeknd is so talented vocally. I, I heard him do a live version of this when he did it for Colbert, and it sounds arguably better live. I think I saw that. So there's my issue. I did see that, and it just didn't stick with me. So I have heard this huh. song. It that just, was a, that was a great performance. It was cool, where but, like, but here's my thing: it's so visual. Music for me that needs visual aids tends to not make much of an impression. It doesn't need it, but that'll get you a Super Bowl. And yeah, and, which is cool. 
That's cool. You know, what, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It needs. It, just, it visual, needs branding. Like, it needs a video. It needs a fast car. It needs band-aids on your face. It just needs. There's a difference. Right, but but there, there's music for sitting around and listening to on your records or whatever. Right. And then there's productions. And of, that's fine. But where, it's, where it's all the arts. But it kind doesn't of stick with me because I heard it and I, music, it didn't stick with me. Visual. Yeah, but it's 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 not. It doesn't. I don't think it takes away. I think it just adds on to it. But yeah, see, I mean that doesn't matter to me at all. I mean, the only thing, I was just saying it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this song needs a visual. I think it, I think it's, I yeah. think I just, I think I just said, I don't think this song needs a visual. I think you did say that. <laughs> I meant to say, I don't think this a song needs light a visual. visual. <laughs> it's just, it's just so catchy. I mean, this song is uber popular. It's not just because of marketing and production. There is that melody there. Yeah. If that wasn't there, if that hook wasn't there. Of course. A fucking 20 billion million people wouldn't wouldn't stream the fucking yeah, song. There's a hook know? there, but for me, the songs like from the 80s that I dig, it sounds like they were written on a guitar or a piano and then, then they were produced into that sound. This sounds like they started out with that sound because they wanted an 80s vibe, came up with a riff, and then they put some shit together to make a cool, hit, popular song. And that's, but it didn't sound like it was written as a song outside of this version of it. Why do you not think that this song could have been written on a keyboard? Because I think, yeah, I, I think that the. That just sounds like it was written on a keyboard to me or a piano. Right, but so, because, you can, because you have to have that drum beat with it to keep it going. You know, like, I, I just did that, and it's. It, I, but I'm saying I mean, to if, inspire if I was the, sitting, if I was in the shower and I was like, okay, let me let me say it from another angle. It sounds like it was written from the beat, like a dance beat. We have a dance beat, and I'm gonna write a song from this. That's what it sounds okay. like to me. I I don't agree with that. That's what he does for all of his songs. You said, how yeah. why would they? I'm not shit. My point though is, other songs I feel like that are of the, the 80 songs that this sounds like this harkens back to. I feel like are probably better. Do you songs. have an example? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, even fucking, like even the like, take, yeah, Rio, Rio, exactly, like, Take On Me, all those songs, like, Young all those Turks. top 80 songs, I feel like they're probably better songs. This is a good song. I, d- I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't feel like they're uh, going for much. I think they're putting, they're looking, they're putting in the fairway. They want to win the game. They want to fucking have a pop hit. You have a star that is paired with one of the best pop producing things, like, right how much of his individual vision is in this. It definitely was like, oh, we're going to do some 80s shit. Maybe he loves the 80s, like you said, and Neil. Cool. And he was like, let's do some 80s stuff. Right. I want it to sound like this song or this song or this song. And, and that's fine. I think every... I read a quote from uh, Slate Magazine where they said the this song exhibits the polish and melodic math for which Max Martin is renowned. So. And that's what I was saying. When I see his name <laughs> on a modern pop hit, I'm like, okay, well... I you guess know, what we're getting at is, is I feel like this song is mostly production. To be fair, it is credited to Max Martin, Oscar, and we are completely leaving out Oscar Holter, who is also a writer and producer on this song. Shame on us. And The Weeknd. So all three <laughs> of them are, all, are writers and producers on this song, and good for them because they probably made a oh, nice little checks. penny on they're this thing. Yeah. checks. <laughs> <laughs> With a couple couples. I mean, what, what do you say about the production of the song other than it's just, it's saturated in 80s? The synth, I mean, even the way it starts out with, like, the big, like, grinding synth, and then you almost hear the melody 
kind of from a distant like interstellar hallway or something you know what i mean it's like before it really kicks in you know what i mean It takes so much from the 80s, but it's such a good culmination of like what producers and every, everyone has learned from like past hits of 80s, 90s, whatever. It's, 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 you know, it's mostly 80s, but just you can say 40 years later, you're going to hear a little more kind of refinement to the kind of overall production. This is a perfect example of like what, how important production is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like production is everything in this song. Yeah. Or, or can be to a song. You know? I, I, mean, I like, do think maybe that's my issue with the songs. I feel like you could switch the weekend out for any number of people, depending on what he had to do nah. with the writing. No, well, I don't think so, because there's a lot of covers of this song, and only the weekend can really. No, but I mean, with Max Martin. I mean, with Max Martin, and if Max Martin did it with Justin Timberlake, or Max Martin did it with whoever else, I feel like it would still be that song. Well, you're dealing with a different vibe, because when you're talking about pop stars, there's a certain vibe and image that they're producing. And so this song is very of the weekend's image. I don't know if this would fit with, say, Justin Timberlake's image necessarily. I totally agree with that. The reason I like it so much is because as a pop star, I really like the weekend just seems so much more accessible to the kind of music I like just because he hasn't done the super cheesy stuff. He seems like he's always been pretty genuine. But I, again, I listened to the album a couple times, and like a lot of it's just very meandering, and with a couple of really ch- catchy pop hits. I also, like you, Neil, love his vocal and love his delivery in the song and in other songs he's done. Like, how much of this is you? Is how much of this is an image that is, you know, created by a PR person yeah. and like marketing and this and that, and then well, we can just throw the, the best producers and the best songwriters at you and and make, you know, yeah. pop gold. And from the Which the, whole, song is. the production as a whole, like he definitely changed it, changed his visual image for this this album, this release. You know, he used to have that crazy like crazy ass hair, those dreads that were going everywhere, and just he almost mm-hmm. looks like a different person when he came out with this album. It was so calculated. Well, yeah, and it's a marketing ploy, and and that's fine. It's kind of I mean, it's even not... weirder to me in a way. Well, yeah, because I mean, in the video, which Jonathan, I'm assuming you did not watch. Yeah, I saw some of it, I think. It's almost like if you take the zombie from Thriller, like, took its make-off off, took the money from that, bought a convertible, and drove from L.A. to Las Vegas, and got beat up at some point, and was smoking cigs, and just <laughs> being manic. Like, that's the video. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's got his, like, weird little dancing, like, whatever, I can't dance, but, like, you know, usually you have somebody that's... Well, you can be weird, and what you just did was sh- weird, that's for sure. Hey, fortunately, nobody can see that. <laughs> um, Trust me, people. Jonathan, you, you were saying that makes it weirder and almost takes away from it, you think? Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I just like a song, like, because when I heard that I Can't Feel My Face, Stone Cold, he was just doing it live, getting his groove on, and I was like, now, th- that's a cool song right there. Like, that 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 song made me take notice of him. I was like, that's fucking cool. It has something it has something going on. Well, and this and this tr- was cool. But I don't think, for me, this one doesn't resonate the same way. And to me, nothing will ever blow my mind as much as good music. No amount of videos or fucking cars or lights or any of that shit to me. They just take away from it. The best music will always do more for me than any visual stimulus. 
like we've been talking about the whole time, comparing him to pop stars, Michael Jackson, Madonna, whatever, that was the thing. That's what you do. You, you have an image for each album. You know what I mean? I don't think that takes away. It's just, it's not trying to be a rock star. It's trying to be a pop star, and that's kind of what you do. It's, it's, yeah. all, it's, it's one big package, and this song specifically is so good that all that stuff works so well together. I think to Jonathan's point, and Neil, just to, the pop stars that we're referring to in the 80s, Madonna, Springsteen, Michael Jackson, Prince, they all, I feel like, just had something more to say and more of like an individual. They invented those ideas. They invented yeah, like, those mm-hmm. like new What personas. they're doing, like whether they had a good producer with them might have made the song sound better, but the message of the song, which mattered to a lot of people and right. like really stuck with you afterwards, that was their fucking creation. There was Whereas more of this... Yeah. Again, I've sat down with an acoustic guitar this week and tried to play this, and because I was thinking about how we were going to cover it, and you know, watching Ken, Ken Burns' country music, I was like, maybe this would be cool, like playing it sl- like a slow picking style, like Towns Van Zandt. And I was like, ooh, the words aren't good enough. There's not a lot of song. The there. lyric is not There's good enough. There's just not a lot of song to to like keep you interested with like a slow picking like storytelling. It's not a. There's not. There's no story there. It's, it's mostly just, that beat and that synth. Just now favorite part of the song neil i think just my favorite part is just the production as a whole just the way the synth if you listen to this with headphones on and kind of like there's so many different things they're doing throughout it like there's so many little synth fills there's almost in the background you can hear almost really high angelic synth vocals and also in the like the breakdown when it almost sounds like when he comes into the verse and it sounds like nothing's going on. If you listen closely, there's still a synth going, synth going, like really fast stuff that's really weaved in, like really well. Maybe I'm going through a drought. You don't even have to do too much. You can turn me on with just a touch. Johnny, favorite part? I would say I would say the beginning. I like it when the a lot of these tunes from the 80s do that kind of thing where there's that space and then that beat comes in which is just inherently like it feels like you're in I don't know fucking Escape from LA or something you know but like and then and then that riff comes in on the on the keys with that synth bass underneath it yeah well and and like you know some of the songs we talk about where like the beginning will just drop you in there where this is just like you're in exactly like you're not dropping in anywhere it's just like boom there's emergency there Mine is, I just love his delivery. Like, when I hear this song, even if, like, I was in a Target, like I said, and this song came on, I would just be in my car 15 minutes later, and I'd be like, I can't sleep until I feel your touch. Yeah, I just love how he delivers that. His phrasing. So that, his phrasing is good. As far as that's concerned, I love the um, the way he almost growls the, and I said, right, and kind of, like, rockets that ooh, like, I said, ooh. I would be remiss if I didn't say, I do like how he said, I look around and the city's like before it goes into that little pre-chorus. And there's a lot of that going on throughout the song, like little vocal connectors, a lot of background stuff that connect each part to the main vocal. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you have a least favorite part of the song? Ironically, my least favorite part is the same as my favorite part because it sounds like a lot of other songs that do the same thing. <laughs> and it's so it's kind of like it's cool that you guys do this. It sounds great, but it also yeah. feels like I've heard this before. I just can't quite name the 80s song. Yeah, I would say my least favorite part, and I know it's part of the whole production and package, but 
I almost wish he didn't sing Sin City in the beginning, because yeah. later later verses he sings the city is cold and lonely or whatever. But Sin City, you, you don't it just, like him placing it there, yeah? No, because it seemed it, it kind of like pigeonholes it as a Las Vegas like drunk driving song. Nice. <laughs> About to get busted on the strip. My least favorite part is the bridge. This is one of those songs where like, oh, they definitely were like, we need a bridge. Come up with a bridge. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. But I that. do love the bridge. How, it, how his delivery is fine in it, but it definitely just yeah, seems yeah. like something that they put in last. But another part of the production, the way the synth has this swirl that just this whole synth riff that kind of once again kind of kicks off the bridge part. That's really cool. Oh, for sure. And now, so we're gonna try a new segment this week that we don't have a name for yet, but for now we're gonna call it Vibe Time. <laughs> what? And you your vibrator? Wait. <laughs> I didn't bring a vibrator. Yes. Oh, a cue vibrator noise. Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Neil, when what is when when do you want to hear this? Um, song? Well, it's too easy. I mean, I want to hear it in the car, driving fast <laughs> down just past Bakersfield on the way to Las Vegas, <laughs> trying to get to Vegas in three hours. You want this song on? Johnny? This is a song I want to hear when my 25-year-old niece drags me to a bar I really don't feel like going to anyway. But this song comes on. Oh, yeah, it's a good song. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> and then you take another sip from your beer and nod yeah, your head. It's fine. This is no, better like, than the rest okay. of the shit they're playing. <laughs> I would agree with Neil in a car. Or if you're cleaning around the house and kind of just have some music on. This is... So you're saying around the house when you're cleaning. Well, I mean, I'm not cleaning the street. Well, you, you said that as if you're agreeing with nobody had mentioned cleaning the house yet, and you said as if you were agreeing with someone. And I'm like, so you're you're introducing that? Well, no, no, no. I was saying I agree with Neil because you're like car, car, I'm like club, and you're like, oh yeah, or if you're cleaning around the house, I'm like, so you're saying cleaning around the house? Oh my god, club, I can see. Pool party, I want to see Josh like dancing around, like dusting things. I'm no, you don't. <laughs> it's you like don't that. ever want to see me dancing. Oh, oh I guess like, here's another time <laughs> when I get up in the afternoon. Especially since the pandemic and you don't go anywhere. I try to get up and just do something loose, like just something to kind of loosen me up and kind of like, I, yeah, I, I was kind of dance around for like a half hour and I definitely dance around this, this morning and uh, that was fun or this afternoon. I meant like, it was definitely fun. It's, it's a good, <laughs> just kind of wake you up kind of song. What? Uh, I mean, we've kind of covered this, but what do you guys think this was influenced by that we haven't already mentioned or influenced? Well, I guess you can't really say influence moving forward since it just came out. But it reminds me of that tune, like the '80s classics, you know, like "Take on Me" or whatever. That Stevie uh-huh. Nicks, that "Stand Back," like "Little Red Corvette," like some of his other songs remind me of that a little more. "Blue Monday," that "How Does It Feel to Treat Me Like You Do," uh, "Flock of Seagulls," a bit. But I don't quite like this as much as any of those people. Nice, Neil. Well, we already covered a lot of Michael Jackson and. Just, I guess, uh, The Weeknd did say he's always been uh, inspired by the 80s and specifically mentioned, mentioned uh, Susie and the Banshees, the Cocktoo Twins. Yeah, yeah, they had a popular them. 80s song. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, yeah, like he, that West End Town and East End Boy, the East End, that Pet that's Shop the Boys. the Cocktoo Twins? No, that's not them. That's Pet Shop Boys, but that song reminds me of them, too. Okay. I, and this was on Wikipedia, but I... This did remind me of this before I read that is uh, Rockwell's Somebody's Watching Me. There you go. And uh, also Rod Stewart, Young Turks. 
Yeah. It's definitely mm-hmm. got that vibe. Mm-hmm. And as we move along and slide under the covers, Jonathan, I'm assuming you did not listen <laughs> to any covers. No. Um, Neil. Yes, I listened to, I mean, there's so many. Uh, if you look on Spotify, there's like 50 covers of this song. I didn't care for any of them. I certainly wasn't going to just go through them all. But one of my favorites, and it proves just what we've been talking about, how good the music and the riff and melody is, was the uh, Vitamin String Quartet, like yeah. the kind of classical take on it. Because it's, yes. I listen to all these covers, people singing it, and I'm like, ah, this does not work. And then I put that on, and I'm like, oh, that sounds great. It's a bit frenetic. It's, oh, you listen to bit- that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, it's a bit. It, it is. They great. try to do everything with like strings, which is not easy. I'll just go down the quick list because I unfortunately listen to a lot of these. <laughs> the Naked and the Famous, which is basically easily easy listening electronic. Mm-hmm. There's three mixes of it by Major Laser, which turns it into a Latin club song. Yeah, uh, actually, I did hear those. I'm sorry, I did hear those, and I clearly forgot yeah. that I even heard them. The Rosalia remix, who she just sings the verses in Spanish, otherwise it's the same song. Chromatics did one that's pretty much a homeless man's version of the yeah. song. Yeah, well, it has the weekend's vocals on it, but they just harmonize I know, them. but it's terrible. It is, it is. They just basically, they take they're all not the Max balls Martin, out of it. so they <laughs> do a, yeah, yeah, they, they do a bad job of producing. They castrate the song. And then there's another band called Pentatonics, who pretty much turn it into a cheesy, like, the vocal, cover song. That's all vocal stuff, right? Yes. Oh my Christ. (laughs) That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Because you have two different people singing the song, it's just like, no, 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 stop. I'm going to say that's the worst thing I've ever not heard. (laughs) Uh, So, Jonathan, how does the shoe fit? I think it's a cool shoe, and I don't need, I think the vibe's fun. I think I would look for the same vibe in a different shoe. But it's cool. I think it's cool that people wear them. I just feel like a lot of people are wearing them in their retro reissues of something that was really popular in the 80s. And it's probably a little cooler than. That's fair. Neil? It's a, it's an easy answer, but it fits like those little black and white penny loafers he's wearing in the video. I think they're called a Sabago Classic Dan. Sabagos? Sabagos? Yeah. That's so funny. Sabago. And my alternate answer is an NFL cleat because it's all over the NFL. <laughs> You should have done that for sample in a jar. <laughs> certainly, is. certainly. Uh, I, I would say it fits. It fits like a, a Gucci loafer that I'm only wearing when I go to the club, which is not often. The country club. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, so on that note... We are going to play a cover of The Weeknd, Blinding Lights. I've been trying to call. I've been on my own for long enough. Maybe you can show me how to love Maybe I'm going through withdrawals You don't even have to do too much You can turn me on with just a touch Baby I look around 
Since it is cold and empty No one's around to judge me Can't see clearly when you're gone I said ooh I'm blinded by the light No, I can't sleep until I feel your touch I said ooh I'm drowning in the night When I'm like this you're the one I trust Cause I can see the sun light up the sky So I hit the road in overdrive, baby Cause the city is cold and empty No one's around to judge me I can't see clearly when you're gone I said, ooh I'm blinded by the lights No, I can't sleep until I feel your touch I said, ooh, I'm drowning in the night When I'm like this, you're the one I trust And I'm just coming back to let you know I can never say it on the phone We'll never let you go this time I said, ooh, I'm blinded by the light No, oh, I can't sleep until I feel your touch I said, ooh, I'm blinded by the light No, oh, I can't sleep until Till I feel your touch The cover you just heard was performed by Neil Marsh and Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Give Rock and Roll to You. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week is Josh's week. So, Josh, what will we be discussing? We will be discussing the 1989 hit by Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. Can't wait! <laughs>